Hey, everybody. It's time for another Best Advice Show. On these episodes, we take little golden moments with our guests, some of their best advice, and we not only share them, but we take just a moment to break it down and talk about how applicable it is to our lives. I was scrolling Instagram the other day and read this quote. I found it so interesting because it's something that I've personally been dealing with. But here's the quote. It says, expecting our daughters to master jealousy when we can't do it ourselves is an unfair expectation. If we want girls who love and celebrate their friends, then let's show them how it's done. And of course, for me, with three teenage boys, I just inserted sons instead of daughters. No, I think about pastors, when you were talking about that, when you see on Instagram that some church baptized 50 people last Sunday, it awakens insecurity in us, whether we want to admit it or not, of why am I not baptizing people? Why is our church not reaching more people? Is it me? Am I the problem? And all of a sudden, you're caught into this inner conversation about your own issues, rather than saying, God really blessed this church and gave this pastor a story to tell. I should send him a note and tell him how happy I am for him. And that was a really great um, segue into other churches. But do you want to share something personal here? I mean, would you like to share a personal situation of your jealousy? <laughs> okay, yeah. Let me let me share. I remember that moment in the conversation with Robbie and Candy in the episode when he was talking about his jealousy toward other pastors, and it caused me to remember moments when I had been jealous of Robbie because of success he had. And, and confess him to him on the episode and how we were able to confess those things one to another and be healed of it. And I think one of the issues that we're not willing to do with jealousy is to just admit it. I, I think sometimes in our marriage, I'm hesitant to tell you the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And sometimes I should just say to you, I am just really battling with jealousy toward blank person. And I'm seeing this sin in myself and I really want to repent of it and get clean of it. Uh, so being honest with ourselves about it is probably the beginning, but jealousy is a huge issue. And when you read that quote to me, I was so convicted by it myself because I know how much my kids see me, you know, withholding praise toward other people. And that's not right. Yeah. I mean, I think it plays out in such little ways. And I've tried to really, after reading that quote, I've tried to really challenge myself to even, I was on a meeting with someone recently and she had on just a really pretty shirt and I'm, I made a note to myself, like, text her later and say, hey, you look really good in that color. Because we should be able to praise each other for little things and not just, you know, these big giant things. And just coming alongside people and encouraging them is so helpful. And it, and we need to model that to our children more. So with that being said, let's dive into Robbie and Candy's best advice. I loved what they had to share. The diversity of the advice here was so interesting to me and we we had such a great conversation check this out we ask all of our guests for one random piece of advice they've received in their life it may be something about, about woodworking because i know you do woodworking uh, or uh, uh. how to organize a house or how to drive a car or how to read the bible anything what's one piece of advice that someone gave you once that stuck with you that you maybe share with other people when you when you have a chance man Tons of things come to mind. I, I was at 19 years old, I was in a network marketing business, kind of like Amway, but it was cell phones and, and <laughs> of, of, of the many thousands of things I've attempted with ADHD undiagnosed till recently. But anyway, uh, I was in network marketing and I, so I was a big proponent and, and a student of Zig Ziglar. Yeah, you know, yes. I, I got to hear Zig in person, got to see Tony Robbins, met him, hung out with him before. I mean, cool. so I was all into this world, right? And Zig Ziglar said this advice, which obviously there's there's a Christian 
message and a biblical message behind it. But Zig said this. He said, if you help enough other people get in life what they want, you'll have everything in life you want. Oh, wow. If you help enough other people in life get what they want, you'll help. Now, back then, I was selfish and lost and prideful and all these things that came with being an unbeliever at the time. But now it makes perfect sense. And so you try to live in such a way as a pastor and minister. If you really, if you really celebrate the fact when other people win and you look at your role as a coach and not the star player, it's amazing how refreshing That's really good. ministry can be. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have a favorite hey, Zig side, Ziglar. Side note, he also said you need a checkup from the neck up. I know. I, I, that's a great one. I love that line. Check up. We so use that We say kids. that with our children quite often. Okay. Oh, yeah. you really? You're the you only used person. used to say that I all say the time. That all, I used to say that all the time. I used to preach that, but I've never heard anybody who ever heard that before. You need that's a checkup from that's the neck up. That's a good one. Yep. So good. I love that one. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. All right, Candy, how all about right. you? I would say this is just a, a piece of advice that someone said to me in passing and just really has stuck with me and I, I share it when I can, but um, it, it deals with being in ministry. And it was just that um, being in ministry, you have to be okay being misunderstood. And I just thought that is so good because we, not, we, we can't always like justify or declare why we do what we do or, or all these things. There's just going to be these times in life where you're going to be misunderstood, and sometimes you just have to be okay with that. And mm-hmm. um, we and, live by that piece of advice yeah, a lot, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um, and someone shared with me once similar is that if they knew what you know, they would think what you think. Mm. Oftentimes in leadership, we make decisions, and people don't know what you know, they don't know the full context. And they would probably understand more fully if they could, but they can't. That's right. That's true. That's you know, good. along with that, I'll just take, I'll give you one more. I just heard recently about this. Someone said to me, don't ever receive criticism from someone you wouldn't seek for advice. So, mm-hmm. Boy, that's a good I saw one. that. I saw that. That's hey, a good one. Recently? Yeah, somebody just sent that. I saw that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Wow, we just stacked up some good advice there. Well, <laughs> Angie, you better make an episode out of that. Lindley, I'm interested in what your takeaway from all that might be. I have one. When Robbie was talking about helping other people get what they want, and then you'll always have what you want, it made me think about a moment in my life when I was at a football game. I was on the sidelines watching this SEC football game, and the quarterback threw this amazing pass right before halftime. He came running over to the sidelines, and the head coach, and he had this huge jump-in-the-air embrace moment, and I could see on the coach's face this look of pure delight. And it dawned on me that the coach was actually having more fun than the guy who threw the football. And just how hard it is to see life that way, that if we just see ourselves as the coach and not the star player, that we're here to help other people get what they want, that's what ministry is all about. That's what Jesus meant by washing other people's feet. And the way he put that, it just really made me think more and more about, is that true in my life? And in what ways am I seeking to help other people win? Yeah, I I love what you're saying there. I mean, I think it's so important that we, just in line with the jealousy, we we forget about ourselves in a way and begin to live life helping other people. Um, personally, I just loved what she said about being misunderstood. My bent towards justice and um, fairness, sometimes I feel the need to be understood. And that was a good challenge to me to just know that sometimes it's okay. I'm, I'm just going to be misunderstood. And the worst thing for me to do is get out publicly and voice why why I'm being wronged. And so I just thought personally that was a good challenge to me. 
Next, we have Drew Dixon. He was on an episode called Know Thy Gamer. What's one piece of advice that you've received in your life? We string these together in a best advice show. Might be something about personal life, reading, family, gaming, sports, anything. gaming, anything that maybe it's it's stuck with you over the years. A word of wisdom. Yeah. Um, lately, I've like had a like. I guess this is not that abnormal, but because there's been this resurgent interest in Mister Rogers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have kind of like a fascination with him uh and i've read like a biography about him and uh and you know of course watched the documentary that came out a few years ago won't you be my neighbor uh but mr rogers said um listening is where love begins listening to ourselves and then to our neighbors um and obviously i think that like really informs my book um but also i want that to inform my parenting um listening is where love begins mm-hmm. he broke ground i think in terms of children's programming I mean, the way he approached speaking to children mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. on television mm-hmm. and taking them incredible. seriously, he took yeah. kids seriously. Yes, yeah. that's what I love about about Mr. Rogers is that he wasn't afraid to talk about difficult things with kids and to talk about feelings. I didn't do that a lot with my parents as a kid, uh-uh. um, and so like, yeah, it's really challenged me to like. I have very emotional children, so yeah, uh, <laughs> like learning. Not to see that as a weakness, mm-hmm. but to love them yeah. well and embrace their like emotions as part of who God made them to be. It's good. So, mm-hmm. What Drew said about listening made me think about a book we read years ago called Why Don't We Listen Better? And I'll never forget the idea that listening is like being a midwife. That there's this person in front of me that has all these thoughts and emotions that need to come out of them in order for them to feel healthy again. And they've got to relieve this pressure they feel internally. So listening is a gift. That's where love begins because we're allowing this person to process what's inside of them so they can feel less pressure and more human and normal. And so I love the way he put that. Listening is where love begins. Next up, we have Jamie Dew. He and Tara were on the show just talking about doubts within the glass house here's some good advice from jamie i remember when i was leaving southeastern to come to new orleans um during that window of time those last few months i I met a lot with dr aiken as i was literally about to step into a role similar to what he had been in and he was very kind and faithful to just really instruct and provide guidance on what this these next few months were about to be like. And I remember he said to me one day as I was talking about all the potential trouble that could be on the horizons <laughs> for me, mm-hmm. I remember he said to me just very simply, in those moments when the bad news drops and your inclination is to get really stressed out about it, ask a very simple question. A year from now, will you be stressed out about that issue? Mm-hmm. And if the answer to that question is no, then you probably don't need to be super stressed out about it right now either. Mm. And that just really helped me. It has helped me learn how to triage the issues because, man, all I do is crisis management as a president of a seminary. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, at the beginning, I have to say, any problem that came along, just my blood pressure would just skyrocket right out of the gate. Eh, and the longer I've done it, the more I can see that he was right. There are yeah. some issues that deserve that kind of attention. Most of them don't. And let it go. And do what you got. That doesn't mean you don't tend to it, but you don't let yourself get worked up over it. What Jamie said reminded me a lot of what 
Greg Mott told us in regards to today's headlines line to Mars birdcages. And essentially what he's saying is these these things that just weigh us down and are so heavy are actually they're going to they're going to pass so quickly that we're not even going to remember them a year from now probably. And so let's just keep that in mind and and keep the things that are going to be hard a year from now top like top of the priority. Does that make sense, Ben? Yeah, it makes total sense, especially for those who are in the life of the church. There's always a headline in the church. There's always somebody that's upset. There's always somebody that's leaving. There's always a staff member that is resigning. There's just always drama in the church. That's the nature of the church. People are people. And so his advice is good to stop and think about, okay, one year from now, how big a deal will this be? And the answer to that dictates whether I overreact or underreact here or just react in a way that seems proportional to what's happening. Next, we have the Rothschild best advice. And we actually aired this already on their episode, but we found it to be so good that we wanted to play it again, just in case you maybe didn't make it to the end of their episode, or maybe you just wanted to hear it again because it just was kind of like jarring of how good it was. So for me, probably it was my dad. My dad really was um, my pastor, my hero. And I... I always remember him telling me often, because I was always caught between trying to please people and do all the things and all the right things and saying no was hard. And he would say to those who want to understand, no explanation will be necessary. To those who do not want to understand, no explanation will be good enough. Hmm. So just give your no and move on. And it's all, I've always heard those words and it's really helped me. Will you say that again? To those? to those who want to understand, no explanation is necessary. To those who don't want to understand, no explanation will ever be good enough. It sounds like good rules for social media. Mm-hmm. Mm, good word. And yeah. responding to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those who want to understand, you will. Mm-hmm. And those who don't, they're going to find reasons to not. Yeah. It's good. For me, years ago, we went to focus on the family, and the Dobsons were there, and Jennifer spoke, and 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 we were in discussions over lunch and elsewhere. We were we're talking about the challenges of raising, you know, teenagers. And we have a you know had, at that point in time had a teenager that was going through a rough spat, rough, rough patch. And uh, I, I remember after the event, you know, Shirley came up, Shirley Dobson came up to me and Jennifer, and just reminded us that who our son is at that point in time is not who he is going to be. Hmm. So it was a real reminder that you know. Um, there's a lot of growth and opportunity there, and you can kind of predict, oh my gosh, he's going to be like this as an adult. Not necessarily. That's really good. That helped me to just surrender a bit more of my kids' uh, lives you know, to the Lord and, and not try to control everything. That's every really scene. good. And finally, we have Dave Milam. You'll remember him from our episode relating to aesthetics in the church. Listen to what he had to say. It, it probably took a beating for me to um, really discover how God, God crafted me to be. So when I first started doing this job, I was a church planner with a church of like 250 people who was advising everybody in creative. And um, all of a sudden, I'm walking into these churches of 20,000 people, and the lead pastor comes up to me and says, I'm so glad you're here. What do we do? And um, it was very intimidating at first. And I remember the very first time I had to go in one of these spaces, and um, 
I was like, oh my gosh, what do I wear? What do I do? Like, should I put on, should I put on my Baptist costume, you know, and wear the suit and go in? And my wife looked at me and she said, stop it. They asked you to become, because they want you to be there. And they don't want anybody else and they don't want a phony. They just want you. So the best thing you can do is just bring you. And ever since that conversation my wife had with me, um, when I hit those moments when I feel the butterflies, that seems to be the thing that calms them down. It's just like, I need to not have, feel like I have to be anything other than just me in this space. And so that's what I'm going to try to do. And that's what I'm going to try to bring every time. Dave is an articulate person. I appreciate when he talked about putting on his Baptist costume. And we all have pressure to perform or be someone we're not. And we want to put on a show for people because we want to impress them. But what incredible advice it is to just try to be the very best Ben Mandrell I can be and not try to be someone else's name or their personality. In ministry, I think it's one of the hardest things to do, especially for preachers. I think we all admire preachers, and so we listen to their sermons, and if we're not careful, we end up preaching just like them, and God didn't want us to be a duplicate of another person. So Dave said that in such a down-to-earth way. And this all ties back, we're coming full circle, to jealousy, and that when we really believe that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, we're not trying to make ourselves into someone else. We're content with who we are and what we bring to the table. So I hope some of this advice really helped you, resonated with you, impacted you, made you feel less alone. We're going to post these on our Instagram account, theglasshouse.podcast. And as we post these pieces of advice, give us your favorite piece of advice. And who knows, it may show up on a future show. That's it for today. See you next time. The Glass House is a production of Lifeway, produced and edited by Angie Elkins, sound engineering by Dale Sandberg, original music by Robert Elkins, photography by Rebecca McVeigh, and artwork by Heather Brzezinski. We are your hosts, Ben and Lindley Mandrell. Thanks for listening.